What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold and the takes are hot. We've got Thursday Turf Talk number five coming at you guys today. Number four, kind of got a little derailed last week. Um, we mentioned it yesterday in, uh, in our regular Cold Seat episode, number, episode 53, that uh, we kind of did split up recordings since I had to go home uh, kind of late notice. Audio file got corrupted. Um, we'll run through. I'll talk about our records from last week. I think we both missed a few here and there, but mostly had good records. Um, current records for the NCAA, our NCAA picks, I'm 14-3. and three, Brett's 15-2. and two. Uh, I've got the edge on him in the NFL picks at 22-10, and 10, and he's 18-14. and 14. During our total, I'm at 36-13. and 13, Brett's at 33-16. and 16. I think our college picks are roughly some, pretty similar this week, but our pro picks um, a little different across the board. I think like a handful are different. Most of them are the same, I think. Um, I didn't really look beforehand, but I do think that we have some different ones. Uh, so with that said, we will get into our uh, college football week number four picks. Um, started off with the first game of the week here with Colorado at Oregon number 19 or, or Colorado going going up to Eugene to play number 10 Oregon. Oregon favored by 21. Brett, I'll let you uh, kick us off with the picks here. Yeah, I, when we made these picks, we got a loaded college slate this week. So seven for college and then the full 16 for NFL. So Total of 23 games, pretty much just ran through it. Uh, went with my best guess, knowing of, with my best knowledge of what the teams look like this season and then who's going to be playing for them this weekend. So for Colorado-Oregon, big-time matchup to kick off the Pac-12 slate for both teams. I'm going with Oregon to win it, but Colorado to cover. I just don't think they're going to win by that many points. Um, you know, Colorado's defense isn't bad. It isn't great, um, which is why I'm picking Oregon to beat them, but I still think it'll be low enough scoring to where Oregon won't edge out Colorado by 21. Yeah, I'm taking Oregon here as well. Um, just looking at, you know, the thing with, with Colorado, and like they've been able to score with everybody that they've played. They shoot their TCU game. They were in a slugfest in a shootout. Um, and then last week they were able to score late and kind of just score too many points for Colorado State to kind of handle it in the late in the game to kind of come back. Um, I think this week the Oregon defense is a lot better than what they're going to see. Eugene's going to be rowdy. Um, Oregon has a weird like academic schedule. They do like really like super weird. They don't do like regular semesters. So that's actually the first home game with students back on campus. So expecting Eugene to be rowdy, um, primetime 2:30 game. So with 12:30 kick there, uh, in uh, Oregon local time. I don't think it's gonna be 21 point games. I'm picking Colorado to win, but uh, or Colorado to cover, but Oregon to win. Um, I just think that ultimately Oregon's defense is gonna be too much, and um, they'll be able to keep up with the high-powered Oregon offense. Getting into our next game here with number 22, UCLA, going to Salt Lake City to see number 11, Utah. Utah favored by four and a half. Um, their word is we're not going to get a starter named at quarterback for Utah until uh, game time, basically, like on game day in the morning over in here. So obviously they were recording this Wednesday afternoon, evening games on Saturday. So quite a lot of time in between that. Um, so I'll say if, if Cam Rising's not going to play, which is what I think is going to happen, I'm going to pick UCLA to win. I am going to say if Cam Rising plays, I reserve the right to change my pick and make it Utah, just because we don't know. We have no idea. I will allow Brett the same opportunity to, you know, change his formally make the pick change if Cam Rising does end up playing. Um, Kyle Whittingham, the head coach at, at Utah, basically said like we're not announcing a starter, like we're not going to know until until game day. Basically, you got like nobody's going to know until game day. Um, basically doesn't want to give UCLA an edge. So I get that. Um, you know, they're a lot different with cam rising on the field. So, and he's very different than what they are kind of currently deploying a quarterback kind of a two quarterback system. Um, 
with uh, I'm gonna forget the guy's name. They're two guys. Nate Johnson's the freshman quarterback. I forget the other kid's name. But um, yeah. If 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 you if Rising plays, I'm taking Utah to win. If he doesn't play, I'm taking UCLA, which I think is gonna happen. So I think UCLA wins. Um, Dante Moore, first uh, first big time game for him as a true freshman five star at UCLA. So it's a big one. Yeah, I'm picking UCLA to UCLA to win and cover. Um, I just think their offense is looking really, really good. And I, you know, even though they're playing in a tough environment in Utah, um, I just I don't think Utah is going to have enough to keep up with it in the long run. Obviously, Utah uh, better pedigree as of late. Um, you know, more recent success and more experienced roster and everything. Um, and UCLA is a team that's newer, younger. So it should be a fun matchup, one of the best of the weekend. Um, but I'm going Utah. And then for our next game on the slate, we have 15 oh, Ole Miss. You're going, you're going, you're going UCLA. Or, sorry, or Utah. UCLA. Yeah. Are you gonna, are you taking Utah for rising plays, or are you sticking with UCLA for rising plays? Uh, I'm gonna stick with UCLA. Okay. All right. I like that. Yeah. I like it. Rocking with it. All right. Next game. So the next string matchup, probably best week of college football year in terms of just matchups. Yeah. Um, 15 Ole Miss at 13 Alabama. Bama's fared by six and a half, although if it was in Oxford, I don't know. I, Ole Miss would, might be favored. Uh, I'm going to go Ole Miss to win and obviously cover. I just think they're a little more consistent team in Alabama. It's just whoever they're trying at quarterback really isn't working out. Um, it looks like they're in for a tough stretch this season if they can't find a quarterback until they get one next year in a five-star freshman. I'm picking Ole Miss. I think. Hey, I'm uh, muted. Um, I'm gonna take Ole Miss to win. I the quarterback thing is tough for Alabama. When Ty Simpson played last week, he looked good. Ty Simpson is a redshirt freshman. He's a five star last year. Sat behind Bryce. Um, when he played, when he played this past week, he looked good. He threw the ball. He threw. He's thrown the ball the best of the three of them between him. Was it Ty? Buckner Buchanan is his name. Uh, kid from Trenchers Notre Dame, and then yeah, I uh, think Milrow, Buckner. obviously Buckner, yeah. Um, so on the on the kind of on the flip side, Jackson Dart looks really good in his third year. Um, looks like he's got a really good grasp of the Ole Miss offense. They're explosive, um, and they, frankly, like I just I just don't think Alabama's gonna have it figured out offensively yet. There, I don't think they're there yet. Then they're gonna have it figured out. So unless you know, Ty Simpson's coming out this week to play quarterback for him, and he's all of a sudden ready to dial it in this Saturday against a really good team in Ole Miss. And I think a team that has a – I don't think their defense gets enough credit. I think, you know, they kind of get this like, oh, they're a Lane Kiffin team. They don't play any defense. They play some decent defense. So I'm I'm going to take I'm gonna take Ole Miss to win this game. Um, and for Alabama to really – for it to sink in, they're going to have a rough year. Uh, they don't figure out a quarterback like you said. Um, next game here, Oregon State, number 14. At number 21, Washington State, Oregon State on the road, favored by three. I'm going to take Washington State here. Um, big one on the road. Cam Ward, their quarterbacks, looked really, really good through three games. Um, looked really good. I think be, this being at home for Washington State is a big one. Um, and I just I wonder if the big environment, and I believe this is a night game, say, never mind, 6 p.m. kicks so or 4 p.m. kicks, they'll be packed. It's going to be a huge environment. Um, that Washington State Stadium gets pretty, uh, pretty packed in Pullman, so fans will be rowdy. You know they're ranked; they haven't been this good in a while. So 
I just wonder if this environment is too much for DJ Uyunglele, which I think a lot of people forgot he's a quarterback at Oregon State now. So um, curious to see how he responds to the crowd in Pullman. And, um, you know, obviously Cam Ward, he's going to have to outdo Cam Ward. So um guy who's almost 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns, and no picks in the season. So having a great start to the year for him. Quietly a great Heisman campaign for Cam Ward. Yeah, I think, I mean, another matchup of undefeated ranked teams. I don't think the travel and the environment is going to affect Oregon State a ton. They have a really good defense, and their defense should be able to travel and play pretty well in the long run. Um, I I went with Oregon State to win it, but I, I mean, it's a three-point spread. I don't have a ton of confidence in either team winning. I just went with Oregon State. Um because their defense looked better, but no doubt Washington State does have the better offense. And then, so next game on the slate, was it Oregon or no, sorry, yeah, Ohio State? No, we have the, you got this one. We got the big game of the week, probably the game of the week. Um, number six, Ohio State playing number nine, Notre Dame. Ohio State is favored by three. I don't think this is going to be as like electric of a game as people think it's going to be. I think it's going to be lower scoring than you might anticipate. Um, I'm picking Notre Dame to win. I think they've looked really good overall. Kind of new culture on offense, a lot of new pieces, including quarterback Sam Hartman. Um, whereas Ohio State has some new guys too, but they also brought a lot back. Uh, I just think Notre Dame's looked good this year, and they've had the start they needed to to prove they're going to be a playoff contender, being an independent team. They also have a schedule that they need to have. So, They've, I mean, both teams have played really well across the board, as you would expect, playing pre- pretty easy opponents throughout, um, taking care of business as they should have. Um, so this will be a fun one. It'll show you, you know, kind of who's for real and who's not. So I'm going with Notre Dame. Um, maybe an upset, you'd call it, but I, I think they, I wouldn't be surprised if they won this game. So I'm going to go with them. I think Notre Dame as well. It's going to be ultimately number one. Can Notre Dame not let Marvin Harrison Jr. dominate the game, right? I mean, we saw it against Georgia where objectively Georgia's the better team at 21 of 22 positions, basically. Maybe, except maybe I was not a quarterback, but for most, for the most part on the field, they were the better team at nearly every position, except for a receiver in which Marvin Harrison Jr. took over the entire game. And it was evident when he was out, when he didn't play, when he got hurt on that final drive, and they really struggled to move the ball down the field. So if they can at least just not let him dominate the game this week um kind of like he did against indiana last week he kind of opened it up and, and got him back on the board in a tight game or two week or sorry week one no western kentucky i'm totally looking at the schedule wrong he was quiet in week one um which again is a way to keep that offense down um but again i'm, I'm looking for for that and then and then how does sam hartman handle uh the, this ohio state defense it's just more talent than he's seen before um, I mean, Navy, Tennessee State, I believe that is NC State and then Central Michigan. So NC State's a good program, um, good road win for them, 45 to 24, which we believe we previewed on here. But going to gonna want to see what Sam Hartman looks like. Uh, big, big time home game for him, um, but against a really talented defense in Ohio State. So looking for him to have a big game and kind of solidify the fact that while he might be an older guy, he's still got it with still got the juice to be an NFL quarterback. Um, so, yeah, take Notre Dame to win, obviously cover. Next game on the slate here is number 24, Iowa, at number seven, Penn State. Penn State favored by 15. 
taking Penn State to win, taking Penn State to cover at 15. I don't even know if Iowa's going to score 15 points this week. So, you know, I'm probably taking Penn State to cover. Uh, of, of all the ranked matchups, this feels like the least competitive one. I, I don't know if Iowa, I think they're kind of getting a Ben 3-0 and bump. I know they beat Iowa State, you know, by seven. So it's like they kind of just snuck in the rankings this week. Um, I don't know if Iowa should be a top 25 team, in my opinion, but they are this week, so we're talking about it. Um, but I think Penn State rolls a lot of talent across the board there. Um, talking about three potential top 10 picks with uh, Golu Fushanu, uh, defensive end Chop Robinson, and uh, Kalen King at corner. So um, a lot of NFL talent on the on the field for the for the Penn State Nittany Lions this weekend, and um, really looking forward to watch and see how legit they are. If they dominate this Iowa team, which again they 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 play sound football, they play good defense. Um, if they can run it up, run up the score on them and, and dominate the game, we might be looking at a legit contender to knock off Michigan in the Big Ten. So we're really looking forward to this one. Yeah, no, same here. Um, I'm picking Penn State to win by more than 15. I just don't think it's going to be that close, especially with it being um, a Penn State home game. I just don't think, like you said, I was going to score enough points to compete. And, yeah, their defense is going to play well, but Penn State has a great defense, as you mentioned, as well. So um, kind of a tough matchup on both sides of the ball for Iowa which has kind of led me to go with Penn State just from a talent level as well. Um, that's it. Six out of six ranked matchups uh, we have put in predictions for. Biggest week of college football, but we're going to round it out here with the Texas Tech game, of course. Texas Tech going up to play West Virginia in Morgantown this weekend, um, where historically they've played well. Um, picking Texas Tech to win. They're favored by six, so it's going to be a – Tough matchup. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if West Virginia won, especially with how our offense has looked, um, you know, very inconsistent throwing the ball at the QB position outside the run game. Our offense hasn't looked great. Um, I'm hoping for a good game, uh, obviously a tech win, but picking tech to win, honestly, because West Virginia, I don't think just has the talent. Tech brought in a lot of talent this offseason, especially in the trenches. And they get a lot of guys back this week as well uh, on the offense and in the DB room. So looking forward to this matchup, but pick and tech. Pick and tech as well. Um, it's a big road test for them. Uh, I think they'll cover it minus six. But again, this is um, this has been this team's weakness for, for the last two, three years is playing on the road. So they can, they can get this big one, kind of get out of the way. They're they're better than this than this West Virginia team. They just kind of flat out. I think they're more talented. Um, it's just going to be a matter if they can get you know play up for road games, and be able to handle a rowdy crowd in Morgantown. I will say since we're on the top, we were on the topic a minute ago. Jalen Milrow was named the starter today for the Ole Miss Alabama game, which is interesting. Um, didn't play last week. Don't know if he was hurt after the Texas game. Kind of unsure about that, or if he just benched him and wanted to see the other two guys for a whole. The whole game, it's a little confusing considering the guy literally did not play a single snap last week, and now he's being named the starter for a top 15 matchup. So, um, very un Nick Saban like, but uh, here you know here we are. Um, so getting to our NFL games will be a little quicker here. Um, to the NFL games first uh, Thursday night football game. Let me get the schedule up so I don't mess it up like I did uh, a couple weeks ago. Yes, Thursday night game, Giants at 49ers. Niners favored by 10. Take the Niners to win. Take the Niners to cover. Um, this defense is going to smother Daniel Jones, and it's going to be rough for that Giants offense. This is the Cardinals defense where they can just come back down 28. It is not happening this week. It's going to be rough, I think. Yeah, I mean, to kick off week three in the NFL, um, you know, you have the best week of college football 
but you probably have the worst week of NFL action maybe all season. Uh, I've never seen so many seven-plus point spreads. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a big spread here in 10 points is not something you normally see, especially as we get into the season. But I'm going to the Niners. Um, I mean, even to make it worse, the Giants have to go cross-country to play the Niners. So the Niners have looked like the best team in the league to this point. Uh, obviously, we're only two games in, but it's still really, really good. So I'm going for them to win and win by more than 10. Um, next game we got is the Colts at Ravens. Interesting matchup this week, uh, AFC matchup. The Ravens are fair by seven and a half. The line keeps going down. It was like nine and a half initially. Um, still taking the Ravens to win and cover, though. I think they keep having guys, you know, miss practice, miss time, and they might sit a bunch of guys this week, which could make it a closer game. But I still ultimately think playing at home with how the defense has looked is going to be enough, regardless of who's healthy. Um, you know, as long as we have the key players for the most part, then. It should be a win, but nonetheless, looking forward to a, another game before they head to the road for three weeks. I think if Anthony, if Anthony Richardson's playing in this game, um, I'm still picking the Ravens to win, and it, I mean, it might be a little bit tight, a little tighter, maybe picking the Colts to cover at seven and a half. But I think um, this Gardner Minshew, I think he's going to struggle with what the Ravens are going to be able to do in the secondary. Um, you know, really good safety play, Marcus Williams. Is he, is he back? Is he playing this week? No. Um, well, Kyle Hamilton's still out there. Um, I assume Marlon's playing this week. Yeah, he good to go. Still, I don't know. I don't know. I figured he'd be back by now. With the calling like a, a minor, minor. Yeah, I, would, I mean it's a I surgery, would, but it was. I would say next week probably. Dang. Still taking the still taking him to cover. Um, I just don't think that with the front and with the linebacker play, it's gonna be tough for them to move the ball. Um, something with Gardner at quarterback. No disrespect to to Minshew Mania, but. Don't think we're getting it this week. I think we're past that. I will say, I don't say breaking news. It's tweeted as breaking news. Um, the Rams just traded Cam Akers to the Minnesota Vikings for a 2026 pick swap, which is interesting. Kind of the news was he was on the training block this week. So um, hopefully a, a fresh start for Cam Akers, who was a uh, number one running back out of high school in a very talented class, made up with Najee Harris, Travis Etienne. So hopefully he can kind of get a new start to his career and uh, kind of get a uh, – a little bit of a fresh start in a, in a much different city. Los Angeles and Minnesota is very different. So, or Minneapolis is very different. So um, hopefully again, he gets a kind of a fresh start and is able to uh, have an impact on that team. But the next game here, uh primetime game, actually not primetime. We've got uh, his chargers game here with chargers at Vikings with an even spread. Um, I'll say whatever the line on uh, Justin Jefferson's yards are for the week over. Uh, whatever the yards for Kirk Cousins are, over. That said, I would take the over on Justin Herbert's yards. I take the over on Keenan Allen's yards. I take the over on Josh Kelly's rushing yards this week. So um, this could be like a 70 to 69 game. Like not actually. This is probably going to be a 40 point game for each team. Like I mean seriously. I mean they're two of the worst defenses in football. The Chargers have uh, the 31st or the 32nd worst defense in football of in terms of like DVOA. And um, the difference between them and the 31st is greater than the difference between 31st and 22nd. So it's been like it's in every fa- like facet of the term. It has been historically bad for the Chargers defensively um, in their last. I believe like the last four games, no team has ever scored that many points in a stretch of four games dating back to the Broncos game in week 18 last year and lost uh, all four games because they've given up more points than they've um 
you know, scored in those four games. So um, part of me wants the Chargers to win because they have to go two and two to that to get to get to the bye week two and two to salvage the season because you're probably staring down two losses after the bye with, with Dallas and then going to KC. The other part of me says I'd like for them to just get, you know, lose another shootout where Justin Herbert puts up 30, you know, 300 yards passing and no turnovers and the offense rushes for 120 yards plus 140 yards plus. And, um, you know, they lose because they can't stop. They can't stop the Vikings offense. And I hope that that just is the nail in Brandstead's coffin. They can fire him and move on and, um, you know, try and salvage the season in a different way. I don't know that's going to happen this week. I think we've seen the last two weeks with the offense gets the ball. Uh, with a chance to win the game uh, multiple occasions in, in terms of the Tennessee game. And I think that going into week three in this Kellen Moore offense, they're going to make some adjustments. I think they should be able to run the ball a lot better this week, uh, which is something that I thought was an issue last week was the run checks. I think they'll be able to run the ball better this week. Uh, I think we're finally going to see a Quentin Johnston game. I thought we'd see it last week. Um, he looked really good when he watched the All-22, hoping to get some looks this week. But I think this is a, finally a week where the Chargers offense gets the ball to end the game. And they win it. They Justin Herbert goes down and wins the game. Um, disappointed in him last week, I'll say. Got the ball four times in the fourth quarter in overtime. They got three points out of it. So whether it's on him, the offensive line, the receiver, it's on everybody. But at some point, quarterbacks will get it done. So I'm um, not going to fault him for the week one loss. He gets a little blame for week two, I think. Um, looking for him to kind of atone for that this week and uh, have a big game against the Vikings and finally get it done. That said, wouldn't be shocked if the Vikings won this game too. So uh, my heart's torn. I want the Chargers to win to salvage the season. But I also... Um, would rather get Brandon Silly gone now. So, you know, a loss would help that. Right. I think with the Chargers having another road game this week, um, I went with the Vikings just because of how their offenses look to this point. Um, and it doesn't help with the Chargers defense playing the way that it has. And I've picked the Chargers yeah. both times before and they lost. So maybe a little reverse psychology here, uh, <laughs> picking the Vikings, but, no, I mean it should be a really good game. I would think. I mean, obviously, even if you spread. like if you like offense, yes. Right. By the way, over under is fifty four. Take the over. Fifty. Take the over on fifty four. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's pretty low. Twenty. That's twenty seven a piece, brother. The, brother, the yeah. over is hitting this week. The over is hitting. Come on, that's free money. Oh yeah, but I mean, it should be a good game, regardless of who wins. Uh, it should be close down to this down to the wire. So. Looking forward to you know seeing how that one goes at noon central time. Going down to Sunday night football, we have the Steelers at Raiders. The Raiders are favored by two and a half. I'm picking the Raiders, but I'm picking the Steelers to cover. The Steelers versus Browns game was one of the worst offensive games I've ever watched in my life, and it was not because of Nick Chubb's injury. Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb was the one that got them down the field when he got injured at the five yard line. Um, and that was like the best drive of the game for either team. So outside of the one George Pickens play, that was a horrific game um, with, I don't know, nine turnovers or something. Going with the Raiders, I think, you know, being at home always helps. The Steelers had two home games and looked really bad in both of them. So maybe going on the road will be a nice change of scenery. Uh, who knows? But going with the Raiders nonetheless. The Steelers to win. Um, you know, I think they they gutted out a win, which I have a lot of respect for. The game was drunk, hammered, drunk, absolutely wrecked. The game was uh, on one, uh, especially in the first quarter. That said, I think 
when you compare the defenses, this is a much different week for the for the secondary. Uh, kind of what you're going to go up against is as opposed to Greg Newsom, Denzel Ward versus I don't even know who with the Raiders. Who's going to be starting for them this week? I have no idea, right? So I think you like your matchup better this week. I think when you look at what the Steelers' defense team able to do, I think, again, the Raiders' win against the Broncos came against a not very good defensive line from an edge rush kind of perspective. The Steelers get the edge rush going this week. Um, Nick Herbig was, looked really good in preseason, kind of looking for him to have a good, like, welcome to the NFL, a real welcome to the NFL game. Um, T.J. Watt, obviously a monster. Um Steelers tend to play well on primetime. I know they didn't like play, quote play well against the, the Browns this week, but um, Mike Tomlin has his guys ready to go. I'll take him over McDaniel in the coaching matchup, which I think matters this week, as I talked about a lot on this podcast. Um, so going with the Steelers to win and cover. Next game here, we've got Monday night. I didn't even pick this game yet. I already mean taking the Eagles to win. Um, Monday night games. Two Monday night games, by the way. Love this. I'm, I'm, I'm so here for it. Um, Philly at Tampa Bay. This is the Philadelphia break offensive breakout game. We're not going to be quiet for this long, I don't think. Um, they're going to win. I think they're going to win in a big way. I know that the, the Buccaneers have looked really good to date, but they played the Vikings, who, you know, the Vikings aren't aren't great, uh, to be honest. I think Turk's over the hill. Granted, he's going to go light up the Chargers this week, but that's neither here nor there. And then they played the Bears, and we saw the – we've seen all week on Twitter the all-22 disaster class that was Justin's performance. I think seeing this juggernaut of a team is going to be a lot for the Buccaneers. I think the, the Eagles win. I think the Eagles cover five. I think they have the offensive breakout game. Looking for Devontae Smith to go crazy this week. I know AJ had a, a frustrating game last Thursday. Um, still think he might have a frustrating game if they're going to play kind of over the top on it with Winfield Jr. maybe. That said, give me Smitty all all all, all night uh, for the Eagles this week. Yeah, I think it'll be an interesting game. I I mean, with it being in Tampa Bay, uh, make it a little closer. Still picking the Eagles to win, probably by four. So I'm picking Tampa Bay to cover. Um, maybe like a 31-27 type game. Uh, you know, the, Tampa Bay's offense has looked good at home, so. Predicting that that stays true uh, this week against the Eagles, which have a good defense, obviously. Moving on to the second Monday night game, Rams at Bengals. Bengals lost last week at home. This week, I'm picking them to win at home. Against the Rams, another team with a tough travel this week. Um, I am picking the Rams to cover, so I'm picking the Rams to lose by one or two points, although likely one. Um, I think the Rams have looked... Better than people expected them. Um, they've looked really well prepared for each game. They've, you know, played each game within like within each quarter really well. Um, they you haven't seen big discrepancies in like point differential within quarters and stuff like that. I was surprised when I saw that it was like their worst quarter of the season to their best quarter of the season are like within two scores of each other. Um, yeah, so I'm picking the Rams to cover, but I'm picking the Bengals to get get a big win. Yeah, I'm taking the Bengals to get right this week. Um, it's a tough travel for this Rams team. As well-coached as they are, I think the Bengals are still a good coach. You know, exact Taylor is a good coach. They're one of the better coach defenses in football, I think, with Lou Ariema. I'm, I hope I'm not butchering his last name. Um, but Lou, defense coordinator. Um, the Rams... 
part of me wants to pick the Rams for this week. That said, I don't think the Bengals and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are going to stay quiet for this long. Joe didn't have a preseason like to even practice. He's hurt. I know he kind of re-aggravated the calf. That said, I think he's going to play on Sunday night. Um, I mean, listen, if he's not playing, the Rams are winning. I think that's we can both agree that like the pick changes when that happens. But that's yeah. I think Joe's playing. They can't start on three, I don't think, especially I think when you look across the AFC. If the Chargers win, it hurts them to start 0-3 even more. Um, I just, considering that the Steelers have a win, the Raiders have a win, the Broncos have a win. The Broncos don't have a win. They're 0-2? Yeah, they're 0-2. Never mind. The Broncos don't have a win. Um, I don't know why I thought they did. Um, But there's a lot of teams with wins in the AFC, and I think that uh, even the Jets have a win. I think that the Bengals go 0-3, that'd be tough. I think Joe's going to play, looking for a big game for Jamar, to kind of take advantage of of the defensive backfield in, in L.A. Um, I mean, looking through the Rams have played. They had Seattle week one, and they had the Niners week two. With all due respect to Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, K. Metcalf, those guys are Jamar Chase. None of those guys are the none of those guys are the number two that T. Higgins is. So this this offense is going to get right this week, um, and I think. If T. Higgins wants to play himself into a, a big contract, he's got to start caring a little more. Um, so I think the Bengals got to get right this week, win on Sunday Night Football, or Monday Night Football, sorry. Go through the next games quickly. Um, Titans at Browns, uh, Cleveland minus three and a half, going to take Tennessee to win and cover. Um, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll alternate here still. That works. That's a little yeah, bit. I mean, I'm going Titans to win and cover as well. The Browns losing Chubbles big. They signed Kareem Hunt, but that's still not going to be as big of a difference maker as some people think it's going to be. It's not a one-for-one one swap, and the, the Browns have already looked bad with Chubb, so they're only going to look worse with Kareem Hunt, you would think. Going with the Titans, a big win in Cleveland this week. Next game, AFC matchup again. Uh, Broncos at Dolphins. Dolphins have looked really good so far. A big Sunday night win over the Patriots this past Sunday. Um Looking for them to start the season three and zero and win by more than six and, or seven or more. Um, I don't think the Broncos have looked that great. With the Dolphins being a home game, only makes the matters worse. So going with Dolphins. All right, Dolphins to win and cover. One thing I'll say: looking forward to see who Patrick Chertan follows this week. If he does follow anybody, he usually does. Curious if he follows Tyreek or Waddle. Kind of see how that plays out. Uh, he's CB one, so I'm looking forward to watching him this weekend against two of the league's best. Pats at Jets is the next one. Uh, New England favored by two. Taking the Jets, man. The Jets have a great defense. A big game for Garrett Wilson. Um, looking for the Jets to have a gutsy win, get to two and one, and uh, break that streak against New England. Yeah, I'm going with New England. That was a tough one for me. I think it's going to be one of the closest games of the week. I don't think that the Jets are going to have the offensive game that some people think they will. Obviously, expectations aren't as high with Rodgers out, but I mean, I still think people are going to. I still th- believe that people think they're going to have a pretty good offense this year just because of who they brought in. But a lot of that goes away when you have Zach Wilson as your quarterback, just a ton of turnover-worthy th- throws and plays. So I'm going with the Patriots to win on the road after a tough loss last week at home. Bills at Commanders. Um, Bills are only favored by 6.5. I thought this would be one of the double-digit spreads. I want the Commanders to win, obviously, but... Um, Going with the Bills to win and cover. I just don't think Washington's going to be able to hang with them for four quarters. Washington, with it being a home game, definitely does help, but I think Josh Allen will limit the turnovers this week and get a big win. With you here, um, 
I'm going to take the Bills to win, Washington to cover. This team is sneaky good. I think the Commanders, Sam Howell's looked really good. The all 22 throws have been great. Uh, defensive front is solid. So looking for a couple turnovers forced uh, from the Commanders' defense. Uh, they're still going to lose, but they're going to cover. Falcons at Lions, Detroit by three. Going to take the Lions to bounce back and a win at home and cover the three-point spread. Yeah, I'm going with Lions as well to win by more than three. I think, you know, Falcons have looked about what we thought they would. Uh, you know, they have some big playmakers and the revamped defense hasn't looked bad, but I just think the Lions have looked pretty solid. Uh, obviously a tough week last week against Seattle, but I'm going with Detroit to bounce back, like you said, start the season two and one. Another NFC matchup here, Saints at Packers. Um, big time game for both teams. Feels like a like a December game here. Um Obviously, different teams from what they were a few years ago, but picking the Saints to win and obviously cover. Um, I think their defense is going to play really well, give Jordan Love and the offense some issues, so I'm going with Saints. Take the Packers to win. Um, I know they lost last week to the Falcons, but they've looked good. I like what I've seen from Jordan Love. Um, home game for Green Bay, taking take them to win. Obviously, cover the two points, uh, picking a winner there, basically. Texans at Jags. Uh, taking the Jags to win, taking Houston to cover. It's a divisional game. These teams know each other well. Jags have looked good. Um, they've shown some kind of some weaknesses here and there. I think the Texans can have a good week. I uh, know probably a lower scoring game, but I'm looking for Will Anderson to have a big week. Um, see Derek Schindler Jr. kind of step up, uh, kind of rise to the rise to the occasion, rise to the task of covering Calvin Ridley this week. And I'm um, looking for them to cover, still lose, but uh, cover the nine nine and a half point spread. Yeah, I think nine and a half points is a big spread, especially in a divisional game, which gave me some hesitation. But still picking the Jags to win and cover. I just think I was thinking about this and I was like, I think Houston could cover. But at the same time, I picked the Jags to cover because their offense is going to be too much for the Texans, who had a tough stretch to open the season. Obviously started 0-2 um, with losses to the Ravens and the Colts. But I just don't see how they keep it within 10 points against the Jags, who looks Pretty solid to start the season. Um, next game, we have Panthers at Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks favored by six. I'm going to pick Seahawks to cover. Really tough travel again for the Panthers. And Seattle normally plays well at home. Great environment. And I expect their offense to take another step forward this week. Yeah, look, Seahawks to cover at home and win, obviously. Um, no practice for Bryce Young today. He's not as good in his first few weeks in football. Big adjustment. Terrible offense kind of across the board for them. Um, offense lines bad, receivers are bad. So taking the Seahawks to win in a big way at home. Next one here, Cowboys at Cardinals. Dallas favored by 12. Um, add this to the, to the spread of just bad football games. This one and the next one are just awful, terrible matchups. Cowboys win. Cowboys win by 12. Um, book it. Yeah, you had another two-score double-digit spread with 12-point spread favoring the Cowboys on the road. I'm going with Cowboys to win by more than 12 as well. Probably win by 20. Um, their, their defense has just played really well, and the Cardinals have a very inexperienced offense, um, you know, wanting that first pick. So tough looks, but that's what you get um, with these matchups. So picking the Cowboys in that one. And then to round out the episode, we have the Bears at Chiefs. Uh, 325 game, not a great matchup. Chiefs are going to win this game. But I'm picking the Bears to lose by less than 13. I think the Bears are very shaky, but when they're on, they can put up some points. So I think 
they might have a good offensive week this week and keep it closer than some people will think, but no doubt the Chiefs will still win. We disagree. Steve Spagnuolo is going to make Justin Fields' life hell this week. Um, we thought it was bad last week. Brother, it's going to be even worse this week. Um, but the Chiefs can do it defensively, and the games they play are challenging to the best offensive lines in football. Um, <laughs> talk about this Bears front, with the, with the way that Justin Fields has looked reading the field, it's wraps. Give me KC to win by – they might win by 25. I mean, I mean, they might get a – they might – they could very well shut out. The, Bears, the, the Chiefs have a sneaky good defense. I, I don't think they get enough credit for that. I think you look across the board, you look at the, like the way that these guys have played. I mean, Chris Jones anchors it. Nick Bolton is a might be a top five linebacker, and they get really good corner play. Uh, I think Steve Spagnola had his runner as a head coach. Clearly is not a head coach, and that's okay. Um, he's a great defensive mind. He gets the most out of his guys. And um, this could be bad this week for uh, for the Bears. This is at home, too, in Kansas City. Going Chiefs to just roll by like 20 plus this week. I know the spread's 12 and a half, but give me 20 plus for them to win. Um, ran through that pretty quick. Only oh, about like 30 ish minutes here on the recording. Um, maybe 35, a little longer than that, or just over 35, I think, right now. So, a um, couple things to touch on. I think uh, we talked about it a little bit uh, at the end of last episode with the injuries. Um, you mentioned Kareem Hunt gets picked up in, uh, in Cleveland, which is an interesting kind of reunion. Um, a lot of turmoil in Chicago right now. Uh, Davidson's coordinator just resigned for what is allegedly some pretty hefty allegations. Um, we probably won't talk about it on here. It's pretty bad. Um, you know, has not been confirmed yet, but what the reports are is, um, disgusting. Uh, guy's going to go to prison for, for a long time. Um, kind of across the NFL though, I think when you look at, Teams, I'm going to talk about this real quick. It's Chargers and Bengals, two Super Bowl contenders starting 0-2 is, is, is pretty wild. Uh, I think the Bengals, a little more security there. Obviously, Joe didn't have a preseason. Um, Joe was hurt. He's kind of getting back. They had a slow start last year, so a little less panic there as opposed to in L.A. where they've scored, you know, what, 34 and 24 points, and they've lost both games considering oh, yeah. giving up 27 to the Titans um, is really bad. I'm not just talking about this because I'm a Chargers fan. I'm talking about this is like this is an NFL. It's a big time storyline. A team that should have won should have won a playoff game last year, signed a quarterback to a monster extension, and has every basically everyone healthy for the most part, especially defensively. Looks they're historically bad to, to start the year with a defensive minded head coach. I mean, I think in Stephen A. called for his head today this morning. Um, he's now plus 200 odds on favorite to get to be the first coach fired. Um. It's a big deal, I think, for the NFL and kind of further around the league. Um, you know, I uh, I'll say my I'll give my thoughts real quick on it. And I'll let you kind of talk about it. And there's uh, did want to hit on another thing uh, kind of after this with um, gosh, it just slipped my mind. Uh, I'll, I'll talk with Brandon Staley first. Um, my I kind of touched on it when I talked about the game. I think they're going to ultimately have to fire him after the season anyways, because I don't see this team with the way the defensive scheme has been played. I mean, it could have been a lot worse a week one against Miami. Tua missed some throws. He underthrew a couple of balls, missed a few reads, um, which, again, like, he played great. And this is not me, like, hating on Tua. I've, I've always liked Tua, like, even as coming out, like, well, for Brett and I had the pod, I like Tua a lot coming out. I wanted the Chargers to pick him over Herbert. Like, if I wanted him to be there instead of Herbert. Like, I was – I think anyone who knew me knew that. Um 
obviously it's you know not been what should what the best case scenario is that they got Herbert right so um but you know he he's not the elite quarterback that he's you know he's he kind of the tier below I would say and he missed some reads he missed some throws he missed he underthrew a bunch of balls he missed a couple wide open reads downfield which again that's fine. They, he was, he's a, he's a master thrower of the under of the underneath and the, in the, in the mid range ball. So, um, you know, the pro, I think the problem is again, they're going to have to fire him at some point. And ideally you're going to promote Kellen Moore. You, you don't want to give Justin Herbert a fourth, a fourth play caller in fifth years. And the way the offense looked is they've looked good. Um, the a dot is better for Herbert. It's, the offense looked better. The running game is a hell of a lot better than it's ever been, uh, and I've been as a Chargers fan. I and mean, this is the best running game I've ever witnessed as a Chargers fan. I, I wasn't watching football when LT was playing, right? Like, I wasn't, in his, at least in his prime. Like, I've watched his tail end of his career, but I didn't really watch him break. didn't watch him break the record. I didn't watch the 05, the 06, the 07, um, the 04, the 03. I didn't watch all those teams. So, um, you know, I was a, I was a, I was a small child. Um so kind of looking for uh, looking looking for them to keep Kellen Moore, I think, and that probably means you need to promote him to head coach. I personally don't love having play calling head coaches, and I don't like that. I think you look across the league, there's very few that are successful. I think you look at McDaniel, or you look at Shanahan, and you look at McVay, or kind of the, the two that are really successful play callers. Correct me if I'm wrong. Does Zach Taylor call plays? I'll throw Zach Taylor. Oh uh, yeah, he's he yeah, calls he plays. He's made a Super Bowl, so I'll I'll give him some credit. Um. Not a lot of, I mean, offensive play callers are usually more successful as head coaches than defensive play callers are. Um, I think you see a lot of defensive play callers are not good head coaches. Um, I mean, I don't think, I don't think, does Sean McDermott call his defense? I don't think he does. I'm not sure. I think the this, this, Sala might call his defense. That might be it. Though. Yeah, I think he does. Um, and Sala's, I think Sala's an incredible head coach. That's, he's unique. Um, so, Ideally, you're going to promote more. The problem is I don't know if I'm comfortable promoting him and having him call plays right off the right out the gate as a head coach without a trial period, which I'd like to get by. There's If we're going to fire Staley at the end of the year, I'd rather just get him out now, let Kellen Moore take over and kind of have a have an audition, if you will. You keep your special teams coordinator. It gives you a better chance to keep the staff together because I like a lot of the guys they have on staff. They have, I think they have a great defensive line coach. I love their special teams coordinator, Ryan Ficken. I think he's awesome. So I think I would rather keep the staff together, fire Brandon Staley now, keep the staff together, and give him a chance to keep a lot of those guys while getting rid of the defense, getting a new – obviously a new defense play caller right away, and altering the scheme a little bit, watering it down a little bit, giving – you know, with the way the secondary is playing, they can't be using Derwin James as this, like, jack-of-all-trades Swiss Army knife. Like, play him deep – Play him deep. He's that's that's not his best utilization is not as just a deep safety. But guess what? You don't have a choice right now. The secondary looks like a bunch of you know middle schoolers out there. They look terrible. They look bad all year against everybody. It wasn't just against Miami. It was against Tennessee. They looked bad against Tennessee. So you, you got to play Derwin in the secondary, give him the boost there. Um, You'd like to get Dayon Henley back this week, maybe next. I think he's supposed to play this week. You'd like to get it. I mean, Eric Kendricks being hurt doesn't help either. Um, but I think you just the way that as bad as they've been, it's going to happen. Um, I'd rather it happen now than later. Um, you know, I, I don't know if they can hire a head coach and keep the OC. Um, I'd like to. 
ideally I'd like to hire a CEO and just let Kellen Moore and stay the OC, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, shoot a guy that honestly that we've heard rumors about coming to the NFL. And this is the last, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this till we can get on the next topic, but Oh, the preseason one I want to talk about was preseason um, or the lack of it now. But like I was a guy who's got a lot of talk about coming to the NFL is John Harbaugh. Like I would, or John Jim Harbaugh. I'd love it if they could hire Jim Harbaugh and keep in it. Like the perfect scenario they hire Jim Harbaugh, and he all literally all he does is just be a head coach. He doesn't call plays, doesn't have his influence on the offense. He just he just hangs out and th- does head coach stuff and leads and leads leads the men in the locker room. They find a DC, whether that's from Dallas, San Francisco, maybe it's a guy who's got tutelage under Robert Sala, whoever it is. They hire a defense coordinator to call the defense. They keep Ryan Ficken and they keep Kellen Moore and they keep those staffs pretty similar, right? That's that's the dream scenario. Obviously, it's not probably not going to happen, but that's the dream scenario. Um, but I, again, I just, I think ripping the bandaid off now, I know it's not usually successful to fire a coach middle of the season and make the playoffs. But I think when you look at what's holding this team back, you know, you're also probably looking at a new GM if you fire the coach. So that's another part of it. You are basically the, the tough situation is you're basically forcing an offensive coordinator or maybe a head coach on a GM, which is tough, but at the same time, like, this team's in a very unique scenario that I don't think we've seen hardly ever. Um, kind of the situation that they're in. Shocker, the Chargers are in a historically bad situation. Uh, what's new, right? So, um, but yeah, that's all I'll talk about that. I'll let you, any any comments then? I know we both have pretty strong feelings about the preseason. Um, so we can talk about that a little bit since we got some time left. Yeah, no, uh, I talked a good bit on the episode that just came out about like my vision for the NFL and just how, they could drastically reduce the number of injuries we see week to week and over the course of a season. Um, you know, preseasons, whatever. I think there should be certain uh, requirements for starters to play and whatnot. But you see better regular season football when starters do play in the preseason. Um, maybe it's, you know, you have two preseason games, which I know is it's not a lot and you know even three seems like it's not a lot but you have two preseason games you play your backups in one you play your starters in one half and then you play your backups another half of the other game so maybe there's something you can do about it having more maybe having a universal bye week having a bye week between the preseason and the NFL like they did this year having a bye week between the or the regular season and the postseason is another option um I think there's a lot of ways they can go about it. I think the universal bye week would be huge. It would help with scheduling. Um, you get more viewership, I think, because a lot of people, when their team isn't playing, they don't really watch a, a lot of NFL, at least like as much. So um, I think overall that would be helpful. But, yeah, I mean, across the board, when you're looking at teams that, you're talking about the Chargers head coach scenarios. Like when you're looking at teams that are looking to replace their head coach and get rid of their current one, the Chargers are probably rightfully favorites. Um, I think with the talent they have compared to other teams who have coaches on the hot seat um, is a good bit better than the others. But I just think the ways it's not that they're, it's the ways in which you're losing, not that you're losing. Obviously, no one's going to have a perfect season, but um, the 
repetitive nature that you're losing games and that you're playing games down the stretch um, is definitely a call for change. I think I'm hoping that we see a change in the bye week. I know uh, you probably are too, and I hope that that's the case just to give them the best shot for this season while also maximizing their uh, potential and their culture for the future and getting that new guy in as soon as possible, at least if nothing else, have him kind of try out for that coaching job as they might interview other guys this off season. But it makes for an interesting scenario for not only that front office, but the league as a whole in terms of head coaching candidates and all that, you know, what are the openings? Obviously, if we already have one in the chargers in week five, then that would be a big deal. So um, a lot to look out for on that. I think there's so many different avenues that this could go down. And I just hope that, it works out for everyone from a coaching standpoint, injury standpoint. Um, it is frustrating, though. I know, um, you know, obviously the Ravens have played fairly well to start the season, but, I mean, they're no strangers to the injuries. So across the league, injuries have been issues um, year after year, week after week. So hoping that something changes. Um, obviously, it's not going to change this season, so we're going to have to wait till hopefully next season. Um but yeah, no one likes it. I we just don't see it quite as much in college, and I think that this will be hopefully something that changes on both levels. So it's pretty much all I'll touch on it. Uh, if you don't have anything else, I think that's it. Um, I'll say real quick on preseason. I think uh, I think you're with it. Universal bye week, I think should happen. I think the NFL could do an awesome like a huge media thing. They could basically give, hey, universal bye week in between, like, hey, here's one in between the preseason and the regular season like they did this year. Like, hey, here's a universal bye week in, like, week nine, universal bye week. Everyone has the week off in between week nine and week ten. Like, everyone gets the week off. And basically, it's like, hey, teams, you guys are going to send the head coach, the OC, or the head coach. Uh, the You can basically send a couple, you know, GM should go, head coach should go, and then you get all your team captains. They're going to go for a couple days, and they're going to do a media row. You're going to have a bunch of podcasts there. So, like, guess what? McAfee can go. Bustin' with the boys can go. Some of the other Barstool guys can go. All these, all these like, move like move the sticks can go. NBC Sports can go. All these big-time sports podcasts, the bootleg fellas, like, they can all go. And it's basically, like, a huge media week. Like, Tay Adams, kind of similar to what they do for the Super Bowl, right? I know it's, you know, midseason, there's, there's a bye week, but, like, hey, Monday Night Football happens. All right, Tuesday, like, media row is happening. Like, these guys need to show up, send your guys. Tuesday, Wednesday, get it out of the way. And um, Or maybe it's, you know, I don't know if I want to do it over the weekend because maybe, maybe you do it Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Maybe that's what you do. It's a sure. whole week. You get two weeks in between games. So you play. You say, you know, we're going to play no Thursday games after that. We're going to play all Sunday games and one night game or two night games, whatever it is. But I think you give that to them. One, it helps with health. You think, oh, we're going to lose money for the week. Great. Do the media thing. I think it'd be awesome. People like me and you and, and fans of their teams, we're clamoring for more content of our favorite players. That's what everyone wants, right? I'm wear- currently wearing a Justin Herbert t-shirt. Like, that was like, that's my guy. But, like, I would love to see him do a media row type of day. Like, you know, offensive guys go for a day. Defensive guys for a go for a day. And then coaches and executives go for a day. I think it'd be awesome. It'd be so cool. It'd be a chance for all these guys to go hang out with each other, say what's up, 
do some podcasts, all that stuff. I think it could be great. I think it'd be great content for the football world, great for the sports world. Um, you know, college football get a big, a big weekend. So I just I think that that is something they could do. I also think we need to have more joint practices. Um, and guys need to be playing in preseason games. I I'm tired of seeing. I mean, it certainly hasn't worked for us of you know not playing guys in the preseason. I think coaching is a big part of it, like I said, with the kind of with you guys, but. Um, yeah, I just I would like to see um, some more starters playing in preseason games. I think maybe you make it two. Um, I think three is probably fine. Like I think I think the big part of the preseason that I think we kind of lose sight of sometimes. I think fans is that like this is a roster building time for a lot of these teams, and they need these games and these practices to determine who's making the 53 and then who's gonna make the P squad. So um, be great to have joint practices during the bye week, maybe. Um, I think we need to start doing more of those. I know going like team on team is hard, but, um, the guy, you know, one-on-one kind of inner squad stuff is rough, but I think getting, you know, more of the inner squad or the, uh, inner squad practices or, or, uh, joint practices is great. And again, the universal bye week I think is big. It's a great, it could be a great money maker. Um, you can maybe make the trade deadline at like the week, the next week. I don't know. That's a great idea. It's almost yeah. like the NBA all-star break where GMs get to go hang out and talk ball and figure out trades. Hmm. Maybe that's a good idea. The NFL wants their trade line to be better like baseballs and basketballs. Maybe we should do that guys. Get all the GMs in one city. We can pick a central city. We can, we can change it every year. We can, we can do it in Indy where we do the combine. Like who, who cares where it is? Change it every year for all I, for all I give a heck about. Give a heck. That's funny. I'm going to be filtering myself in the pod. You get the point though. Like, you know, let's maybe, Get something going here. Get the pre. So maybe you make it week week eleven. Trade deadlines. When's the trade deadline this year? Week week eleven, week twelve. Uh, uh, Halloween. So probably week ten. Perfect. Per- look at me. Look at me. Perfect. Look at that. Make the deadline the next week. So you get the whole week. These guys are gonna meet up, talk ball, talk shop. See who wants to make a deal. You know what I'm saying? I'm with it. So yeah. That's that's what I think should happen. Um, I think the NFL should just hire me. They should just hire Brett and I to do all this stuff, man. Honestly, I'll coordinate it. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot, sign me up. I'll do uh, it. Um, we just put me on salary that's you know pays me well, and, and I'm there. So, but yeah, man, I, I think there's a lot of things the NFL could do. They won't do it, of course, but I digress. Um, still fun to talk about. Um, kind of wraps up a, a really good episode. I think we got uh, game picks good and good time, and we got some stuff to talk about. So glad we got through all that stuff. Um, any any final comments you got? No, I think that's pretty much it um, for Thursday Turf Talk, episode five. Um, we got some good football this weekend, uh, especially on the college level. Not so much NFL, but nonetheless, NFL football still should be some competitive games, of course, um, as you see more, comp- more competition in the NFL. But um, looking forward to hopefully having a better week NFL-wise in my record. I think last week I got I went uh, 10 and 6 or 11 and 5, so not great. Uh, hopefully I can limit it to maybe three losses this week. But yeah, we'll update y'all on the records next week, next Thursday, and we also see y'all on Tuesday for episode 54. So I think that wraps it up. We will see y'all in a few days, and hope you have a good one. 